When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Social Distance Sports Bar. This is kind of the bit in between the adverts. There'll be another advert after this, in the interest of complete honesty, before we start the podcast itself. Uh, this is the bit where I say hello to you all and tell you that the Social Distance Sports Bar is in two parts for you guys. So on a Wednesday and on a Friday, you get part one on a Wednesday. Part one basically consists of uh, an intro section, which is just me, Mike and Alice catching up, really. Working out what we've been up to the past week. And then there is the first round of clips. We each choose a clip from social media, from YouTube, that is roughly to do with sports, sometimes really heavily to do with sports. And we chat around those. Then you have to wait till Friday. And then you get us talking about a documentary that we've watched, a sports documentary that we've watched or listened to. Sometimes we're doing some audio choices at the moment. I'm quite enjoying those. Um, So it'll be a documentary of some kind. And then at the end of Friday's episode, you get a book recommendation from one of us. So one of us chooses the documentary, one of us chooses the book recommendation, and we kind of rotate it around. And it works. It's quite fun. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. But I'm telling you this because some people don't listen to Friday's episode for some reason. They listen to this one, and they're like, cool, I've done my socially distanced sports bar for this week. And maybe they don't know about it. Maybe they forget about it. I don't know how it works. But if you could listen to both, then I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. Okay, cool. If you have the financial resources and you want all of that in one sort of lump and you want some bonus content as well where we pick another clip each, then if you go to patreon.com slash distantpod, there's a £4 a month level and a £6 a month level where you can get that. You can get the bonus content there. The £6 a month level is basically if you want to give us a few more quid. Help us, you know, with production costs, help us with the editing, help us with all the social media side of things and help us to prioritise this over other work that we get offered so yeah it's kind of us trying to keep the podcast for you guys and you know keep our attentions on the podcast solely uh, if you can afford eight pound a month or ten pound a month then as well as the bonus round of clips every week you get two bonus podcasts every single month so you get michael owens movie club which is the three of us talking about a sports movie that we've watched that month it's the last one that we've done i think it was the hurricane I think it was Ruben Hurricane Carter. That movie was, I think I'm right in saying, that was the last one. And it was very, very cool. And then you get Hoffy Pod as well, which is us picking a clip each that is not to do with sport. So us talking about music, talking about films, talking about acting, talking about society. I think Mike chose one of a lion the other day. Just a, a, a woman who owned a lion. So <laughs> it's whatever we want to talk about on that one. So HoffyPod and Mike Lowen's Movie Club every single month you get if you do that. If you can't afford that, but you like our content, maybe head over to our YouTube channel where you can see our puppets in action. I will tell you more about the puppets on Friday. For now, you're going to get another advert. And then sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's Social Distance Sports Bar. Yeah, 
I like that an hour ago I had a text from Mike on our little WhatsApp group yeah. saying confidential. What time? What time are we recording? What time are we recording? It's nine thirty, and it's nine thirty. Yeah, yeah, it's nine thirty. We're starting. This is eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. AM, AM, AM. I'm aiming for nine thirty. Not lazy. That gives me that gives me time to load the dishwasher. An entire hour (laughs) to load a dishwasher. Did you unload it as well? Had it been on overnight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So unload and load. It was unload and load. Yeah. But an hour. When you do a podcast for a living (laughs) with your mates talking about Nazis and Willies. Yeah, everything. My dad's penis and sport and whatever. Yeah. I feel a bit of an imposter syndrome, really. So when she comes home, and when she comes home naked at 6, like 6 p.m., she's left at 7 a.m. and says, what have you done today? <laughs> what a loaded question. I have to break down my tasks. <laughs> and the more I can break them down, the better it looks. Mm. So I wouldn't just say, oh, I did a bit of housework, mm. when you can say, oh, God, I've bloody got all the dishes from upstairs and downstairs, rinsed them out. Emptied the dishwasher, dried all the bottoms of the, of the mugs that hadn't dried properly with a, with a bit of paper towel, <laughs> put the mugs away, and the, all the plates, everything, the nice forks, the lot. And then I. Nice forks, the lot. Loads of like. Spoons. Call the, spoons. spoons. Lots of different the dishwasher up then. Mugs, t- cups, knives, bread knives, p- pizza cutter, um, <laughs> saucer, saucers. That garlic crush is a bugger as well because it doesn't really yeah. clean out in the dishwasher. Ramekins <laughs> for soy sauce. They went in there. Then I remember I hadn't brushed my teeth, so I went to go bloody back upstairs again, didn't I? Brush my teeth. <laughs> when you're describing your day and the phrase, and I had to go back upstairs again, comes up quite early. Yeah. <laughs> Who were the um, hallway? Who were the bedroom? Who were the kids' bedroom? Who were the spare bedroom? Who were the landing? Do the hoovering? Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 hoovering. Yeah. Yeah. And, and downstairs, did the hoovering. Plugged it in, started hoovering, unplugged it then, had to put it back. <laughs> had to empty it twice. Lead wasn't long enough, yeah. was it? Then I tried to do the by the front door, but the lead, bloody lead wasn't long enough. So I had to come downstairs again, move the plug, <laughs> plug it in the other one. <laughs> oh, And the next thing you know, it's 3pm, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> Izzy is so anti-sport. When I when she says, "What have you done today?" I say, oh. "Anti-sport, not just apathetic." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had to watch episode two of the David Beckham documentary mm. on Netflix. Oh, poor you. Yeah, yeah. It's tough, actually. Then uh, I had to listen to a podcast about baseball. Made some notes on it. <laughs> Men- yeah. Mentally notes. Not mentally. not ideal. <laughs> mental notes. Yeah. Not not actual notes. <laughs> mental notes. I had to make some mental notes. I had to remember to remember some stuff as well. Oh. Yeah. But About a third of which I've forgotten, <laughs> which isn't great. It's not ideal for what I'm doing next. Yeah. And of course, the bloody windy last night, Cal, so the more leaves come off the trees, didn't they? Yeah. They're not going to rake themselves tomorrow. I can tell you that for nothing. And I'm not going to rake them either, but still, that's <laughs> the... it doesn't make me less bothered about it. Kelly should have a mate that I won't name, and I should take the piss a bit while I had a proper job. Because mm. you say things like, on, on her Facebook update, it should be things like, um, oh, move the sofa around today. <laughs> the other the other side of the room. Will it never end? All <laughs> right. And she didn't have a job. She, yeah. she hadn't. She didn't didn't work. But like moving the sofa from the bay window to the to the wall was was a, was a whole day's work. Two and weeks now, later, moving it back. <laughs> now I can empathise with that. <laughs> I remember when I was unemployed. Did you sign on? I didn't sign on actually. I was only employed for for a couple of weeks between temping jobs, mm-hmm. and sign on just seemed like a massive hassle. So I was just. I was just very skint. <laughs> yeah. But I remember uh, having to post a letter, and that was my job for the day when I was about 22 or something. 
and say the last post went at f- 5.15, doing it at 5.14. Mm. So you'd completely lose the entire day. And then you're like, shit, the bloody letter! And then you'd post it. And then you'd feel this enormous sense of satisfaction. Did that. Did that job. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas if I'd posted it at 9am, I could have had the whole day to myself. But actually, I was just sitting there worrying about not posting it and it not getting there on time and all that kind of stuff. And never doing the one thing that I needed to do to prevent all that worry. Often, there's more effort put into not doing work than there is to doing the work. Yes, yes. It'd be easier sometimes, especially in temping jobs. All right, it's easier to get the work done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to do all this photocopying? Leave that for a while? Off the minesweeper? Endless cups of tea. Stick cricket. People who've got two cups of tea in front of them. Do, do you want a third one to go with that? No, I'm all right, Ellis. Okay. Do you know what? No, I got that. I, I got a quicker, those um, the instant boiling water taps. Oh, yeah. the kitchen put in, right? Yeah, good. Well, they are good, but if you're a procrastinator, <laughs> they, they, they've taken a task out. Because <laughs> I used to think, well, I'll go in the kitchen, I'll fill the kettle up, I'll switch it on, and I'll come back in three minutes, then I'll make myself a coffee. Mm. You know, and that's, and that's two or three things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and now it's just, it's just there. It's not a thing anymore, is it? And you can't say, well, just put the kettle on, because the kettle's going to yourself. There's no kettle. Is it more expensive than a kettle? Out of interest. I don't know. That would, that would entail me having a, the, the flimsiest grasp of how much my bills are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're big. I know they're I know big. my bloody electricity bill tripled. Yeah. But that is what I'm hoping to do with... All the work we had done on the house and all the bloody power tools being plugged in everywhere. Not what, well, not just the hot water tap? It can't have gone up. There's only me here in the day. Yeah. And I don't do anything. We've established this. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you, you, you don't do anything. I doom scroll and fucking and sit on the toilet. That is it. So unless your phone charging is <laughs> taking up the entire electricity. And my phone's usually on 3%. I can't even be asked to plug my phone. <laughs> <laughs> my mate who has got charging sockets in his sofa. I got that as well. I don't use them. What do you mean? An electric sofa? They're built into the arm of the sofa. Yeah, he's got an electric sofa. He can plug his phone into, he can plug his phone into a sofa. That's what I got. You've got an electric so, sofa? Yeah, so we're with the new sofa, big L-shaped sofa. Yeah, yeah, so that's ends, got, charge yeah. Up, it? Both ends of the L yeah. totally recline yeah. horizontally. Right. And there's charging points in the in the arm as well. Yeah. Okay. But I don't use them. No? Why Do you not? use the reclining thing? Because I've got to get the lead. <laughs> Why don't you buy a second lead and then just have it constantly plugged in? Yeah, that's good idea. Just have a lead that's in the arm. That's what I would do. Do you, do you recline on them? Mm, I tend not to, to be honest. Brilliant. So you could have just bought a sofa. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's a, it, 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 it's a nice colour, orange. You, it's hard to get orange sofa. Is it? But I'm going to buy the Elite. Also, Al, look at this. I do, I do take your advice on board. Mm. Look at that. Yeah. Bottle of water. Big bottle of water. Two litres of water a day, isn't it? Look at that. Love it. What about the, what's the fruit sitch? Yeah, been having a bit of apples, haven't I? <laughs> a bit of <laughs> apples. A bit of apples. <laughs> bit of apple. I've never heard anyone describe it as a bit of apples. Having a bit of apples, mate. Before. And a bit of strawberries as well. Love it. And we strawberries. Even had a bit of it. grapes the other day. And a bit of figs. We're starting bothered. Your time trip's <laughs> gone from forty down to thirty-five minutes yet. Or? Well, I, but I, you know, I'm regular, so t- twice a day. Bang. Yeah. Bang. That's literally the last <laughs> one here. Yeah. You're in your toilet trip. Bang, just a stop. quick eighty-minute toilet <laughs> toilet trip. Yeah, but I don't just sit on the toilet. By the way, we look at a lot of funny memes and stuff. You realise that <laughs> they're all about you. <laughs> no, but like. <laughs> If, if you feel seen by every meme that lands in your phone, you need to adjust. What do you see memes oh, about dear. people sitting on the toilet until they can't feel their legs? Yes. That's obviously a thing. Oh, they're not my memes, but that is, that is what I do. No, it's like cliches, isn't it? Cliches that 
So that's a cliche, yeah, but it's a cliche because it happens all the time. Yeah. No bloody smoking out fire is what I say when it comes yeah. to cliches. <laughs> you know, and some are just bang wrong. You can't judge a book by the cover. You can. Your Swansea accent. It's called evolution. I was at the, um, I was at the Wales game the other night against Croatia, right? And there was the minute silence at the start of the game. Oh. And because they announced... Sort of mistake. Because they announced a minute silence in English, obviously the away fans don't know what's just been said. Or what's yeah. about to happen. So the away fans carried on chatting, chanting, at which point everyone boos, at which point the whole stadium then goes quiet, and someone in the loudest Swansea action just goes, Shut the fuck up! Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up, bites! Fuck up, bites! Have I... a bit of bloody respect, Willow! <laughs> but the only. And then everyone is just laughing during a minute of silence. <laughs> Or shaking, trying not to laugh. Yeah. Why would anyone have a minute's silence? But when when has <laughs> it ever it worked? Last forty years. A minute's applause, guys. Or yeah, yeah. Or not. It's like that fucking bell end in, in the Telegraph saying that you know we should all support the other home nations route: mm. Scotland, Wales, and Ireland should support England. And that. Well, you fucking mad? You those right. articles crop up in the English press all the time when England are the only. Home nation, for want of a better word, left in at all. Why do they care? Just fuck off. Why do you care? Why does it matter? Tends to be <sighs> yeah. the Mail and the Telegraph who run those pieces, but they're oh. all, I've seen them in the Times as well. They're all versions on a right-wing theme, to be fair. I've, I've heard them on Radio Wales. Oh, the, oh my God, the, the radio. I've, I've heard them on the radio. Are we all English now? I got asked to go on Good Morning Britain to discuss why Welsh people weren't supporting... <laughs> Uh, England. Because they're not fucking English, that's why. Yeah, yeah, during the year of 2016 with Piers Morgan. One sentence answer. I presume your response was an immediate, I'm all right. For the same reason I don't, for, for the same reason I don't support fucking Croatia, you ball bag. Exactly, you're going to support Poland? No, no. Piers Morgan wanted to discuss it. <laughs> Did he? And I was asked to go on. This is when we were doing well. And uh, I texted Colin Murray. I said, what do you think about this? He went, avoid, avoid, <laughs> avoid. I, I am with Colin. This yeah. advice. And I thought, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course I'm not. I, d- I don't know if they got anyone on in the end, but oh my God. Just what what benefit is there going to be? I've turned down that. You know, not not on not on the one show. I'm not as big as you. But you know. Cute. Uh, <laughs> it is a fucking minefield, isn't it? Because the, what, there's no right answer to that. No. But no, no. Well, the worst case scenario is your own friends and fans start hating you as a result yeah. of you sort of conceding some ground to someone. During yeah. the conversation, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, I found myself in the in a strange situation the other day. I was ranting and raving about Macron's kit, the World Cup, and the and the shitty numbers. Right, what an embarrassment it was. Yeah, it's not Macron's fault. And then someone said, "Well, that's not really Macron's fault." Yeah, and I got right on my high horse about it because I, I I was a bit pissed off anyway with, with the whole. With the yeah, whole yeah I probably wasn't about the numbers by this point. So. No, no. That's the fact we were losing in the World Cup quarterfinals. Just about your lack of work ethic, which we get because Kelly works so hard. I went to great length on Twitter about why it was Macron's fault, mm. and this bloke didn't know his arse from his elbow, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think I got tagged in on the reply to this, but go on. And then Macron got in touch. Yes. And, and sort of said, listen, this has nothing to do with us. This is the... And, the, and, the, and with a link to the Welsh Rugby Union website saying... Saying, this is nothing to do with Macron. Basically, the Macron... There's nothing to do with Macron, <laughs> So I thought, right, at this point, do I delete the tweet? Right? Slagging off Macron, I would. No, but you know, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Okay, good, good. I thought what's better than that yes. is to say... Double down. It's, it's at... No, no, this, uh, no, I didn't. For once in my life, I added the bloke that I was having the argument with, mm. and I added Ma- Macron with that. Yeah. And I said, I was, bang, I was bang wrong about this, and I'm happy to apologise. Please don't sue me. 
No, no, fuck it. You can't sue me for fucking saying something on fucking Twitter. Well, you think you can? Do you know what, Mike? You owned it. You're like a, you're like a kids' TV presenter in the middle of a drug scandal. You 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 owned it. You, <laughs> you said, it. yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. I was, like media, I was yeah, at a media. I was at a media kid. party and I had a couple of yeah. lines. And the next day, I was doing some puppet work on CBBS. What's your problem? With yeah. That? And the yeah. puppet was angrier than usual. <laughs> he talked loads. <laughs> he was it was a short tempered puppet for which I apologise. The fellow I was having the difference of opinion with turns out he runs Estonian rugby. Sounds like he's a, he's a Brit by his name, right? But. It, they said, "Listen, we're 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 the bottom of the food chain." Said, "But we, you know, Macron's our kit suppliers and blah blah blah." I thought, "Oh, fucking hell, fair play to you." So then I added Macron again, hoping that they, you know, give Estonia rugby a, a bit of love. It ain't nice. I'm like, my, sticking my, my, up for them. My, my agent for me went, "It's fuck, you all right?" I went, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, "I've never had you apologise in my life." <laughs> I said, "No, but I was wrong. I was wrong." And then I and was the wrong. Said, I've been I've yeah. been wrong today, Andy, for the first time. But clever, clever. Next time I have an opinion, yeah, which might be controversial, I can say, hey, listen, mate, you know, while I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong about this. But I've yeah. been wrong once before. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you not remember Macron Gate? I, I was wrong four months ago, remember? When Macron's official account got in touch to tell me that I was officially wrong and yeah. they would officially sue me for my opinion. Oh, <laughs> they didn't just say that. Apologize. No, this was the point. They didn't even... I'll tell you what I say. I'm really did, sorry. He is a hundred grand. No, I'm fucking sorry. That's what I said. No, because where's it? Let's going? settle it out of court. Come on. <laughs> Some numbers uh, won't stick to your shirts, guys. It's fine. Well, I changed my bio to all my opinions are the opinions of a distant party corporate. <laughs> <laughs> These are the official opinions of distant. Uh, no, what I actually said was, where's it gone? <laughs> Happy to admit I was bang wrong about this. Apologies to Macron and Graham. I should add. And Graham. I should add an apology wasn't sought by Macron or Graham, but I think when you get something wrong publicly, you should apologise publicly. <laughs> I'm off to give myself a stiff talking to, right? I Boom. think that when you get things wrong publicly... Well, I don't want to usually get it wrong publicly. We'll get, okay. That's fine. And then I said to Graham, and then Graham said, no need to apologise, mate. Uh, I went, no, no, you're right. I was wrong. I was also a bit of a dick, so I'm generally sorry. <laughs> There we are. So now you just need to accept that you're wrong about fruit and planking, and we can we can develop, we can progress. Fruit planking a James Haskell. This is why. This is why you're like this. This I nearly swore. Then this person here. You can swear. It's fine. You've sworn for years on this. You called that as a cunt last week. <laughs> he was a cunt last week. I'm used to it now. When he apologising to Borthwick for saying he was out of his depth, right? Next, me. I think you're confusing getting facts wrong with having an opinion you disagree with. That being the case, I might revise my opinion if England beat a team ranked higher than eighth in the world. Stay tuned. There we go. See? So I can apologise for that. That's what I think. I also thought the numbers were Macron's problem. It wasn't it. <laughs> That's different. That is a fact. I think it's the it's the kit man, isn't it? Who, or the kit woman who puts the numbers on, I think. No, no, there's a they no, I've I've researched it. They sort of farmed it out to a third party in in yeah. France. Yeah, oh. we fucked up with yeah. with one batch, not not all of them. Yeah, fucked up. It was just batch. that one batch of first half shirts. Yeah, second half shirts were fine. Well, yeah. in Spain '82, when England, we, this was on the Admiral documentary, when England were playing in the World Cup, because it was Spain in the summer, those ad, the the initial batch of Admiral shirts they were so tight and cloying. The players were losing loads of weight because they were getting so hot and they were sweating yeah. so much. And they were up all night making air tanks, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Admiral kits to, to be sent 
out to Spain for the next game. But in good news, Twitter good news, mate. Yes. What's this? It's a grenade bar and Oreo flavour one, which are my favourite ones. Exactly right. Yes. I mentioned about grenade the other day. Yes. Chap called Paul Glenn got in touch. <laughs> Chap called Paul Grenade got in touch. <laughs> Jim Grenade got in touch. <laughs> yeah. No, but he said, when we talked about Cadbury's ages ago, he was going to send us a load of Cadbury's. Right. His, his company sort of worked. Did he just Cadbury's. run a shop? Well, listen to this. Guess better. Yeah. Go on. So he said, uh, I was going to bring some to the, to the Birmingham gig. He said, but then I thought you mentioned about getting back into training, didn't want to, you know, tempt fate. But then you mentioned Grenade on the mm. pod the other day. And yeah. we also, the company I work for owns that as well. So I said, well, you must work for Mondelez, who, who owns like Cadbury and Grenade and lots of other stuff, you know. So there's something Speedy Gonzalez said. <laughs> It's actually from a delicious taste of the world or something like that, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a portmanteau word, which yeah, okay. sort of borrows from the Latin. Yeah, that's fine. I think you're thinking of Arriba. <laughs> he said he sent me six, six weeks' worth of grenade bars, but then also he said, because Steph mentioned he liked the Oreo ones the best, Yeah, he sent you a box of, Ore- of the Shut Oreo up. ones. So I got them here nice for you. Man. Oh, dear. Thank you very much. It sounds bad. <laughs> what, we're begging grenade. for grenade bars? Since I see them all the time in newsagents now, and I always, yeah. think, of, I always think of aggressive Mike whenever I see a grenade. <laughs> the best thing about grenade is, is the, I mean, the bars are nice anyway. The Oreo yes. one is good, mate. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. No, it no. is really nice. Yeah. Because it doesn't taste powdery like a lot of protein bars. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't taste of, or it doesn't taste of beef like some of the <laughs> brand supermarket ones yeah. do. Like Tesco's own brand. Exactly. Yeah. I'm na- I'm just natural. Do you want some white chocolate, beef-flavoured chocolate? <laughs> Not really. No, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> was it crushed up bones and, was it? Yeah, no, nah, leave that. Nah, I'm good. I just eat dates after I lift. Do you? But yeah. <laughs> yeah, lift and shit. Yeah. yeah. In that order. But their fat burner tablets come in a plastic <laughs> hand grenade. Come in a plastic hand grenade. Oh, that era of Shane Warne's life is not something to follow. It sounds bad. That's good, mate. It's good. Really? Yeah. Oh, mate. So you take fat burner tablets. Yeah. What, what's They're your just appetite, the moment? appetite suppressants. Some apples. My, I'll tell you what my diet at the moment is, Rush. A bit of apples. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. It'll be um, a slice of sourdough bread toasted. Okay. That's a good start. That is a nice start. Two poached eggs. That's a good that's start. That's a great I mean, start. Sometimes three. Yeah. That's that's a lot of eggs, but that's a good start. Bit of salt, bit of black pepper. Nice. Lovely. Currently, I've got no qualms with any of this. No, same. <laughs> and then around midday, this is this is you know, this is now though. Around midday, yeah. I'll have a big bowl of iceberg lettuce with some cucumber. Is that a lie? And a tin of tuna. <laughs> a tin of tuna. No, it's downstairs. Have a look, it's downstairs. You, you've you've not called it a salad. Look at the, look love. at the, look at that look at that. You've it's defined like a... it as a bowl of lettuce, <laughs> yeah, rather than a tuna salad. Because my salads never taste. If I, if I can make salads like I can get in restaurants, I'll be even better. But I can't do that. Okay. So a bit of feta cheese, uh, yeah. a bit of dressing, various salad leaves, cucumber. Currently, this is fantastic. I just don't believe it. That's different. No, no, it's, a yeah, grenade yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. Grenade bar. A pint of barocca every morning. Okay. I'm not sure that's amazing. Two litres of water. Yes. And then at the moment, whatever Kelly makes for dinner. Okay, which can vary between what and what. It's going to be pretty decent. So it's going to either be something like a lasagna or it might be chicken curry. She's working 60-hour like week and making you a lasagna when she gets home. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant that Kelly's doing it. 
Oh, well, she wants to, doesn't she? What a deal. She wants to. She the, wants the, to, The Bubbins deal is the elf. Fuck me. There's not an no, agent it. in the world who can negotiate the Bubbins deal. <laughs> Fuck off. She's driving back in the car. No. And she yeah. phones you and goes, do you know what I want to do tonight, Mike? What, what do you want to do, love? What do you want I'm going to ring my agent now and I'm going to say, I, I need the Bubbins deal. <laughs> I, I want to make a lasagna from scratch for you, Mike. Is what I want to do. Not from scratch. I'm not a fucking barbarian. I mean, like a bloody, like a shop-bought lasagna, like a nice, okay. just put it in the oven and heat it up. Okay, okay. okay. You know I, mean? I don't know if you don't have to expect a slaving over a fucking... That's not meat- bechamel. <laughs> meat- <laughs> you just put cheese on top of it. Kel doesn't, she won't want me saying, well, she will want me saying. She, Kel's not, a, <laughs> Kel doesn't cook. Right. She will heat and prepare things. <laughs> I think she might mind you saying this. That's not going to sound bad. What she makes very nice these days, the other day she made a fantastic... I call a Sunday dinner, which people on Twitter said, you must be Welsh if you've got on a Sunday dinner. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can't stand dinner. people calling roast dinners. It's a Sunday dinner. No, same. It's Sunday lunch, isn't it? And it was like, it was lovely. I said it was one of the, you know, it was absolutely top notch. But it was, you know, put the chicken in one of those bags in the oven. Mm-hmm. That, well, that sorts itself out in an hour and 45 minutes, isn't it, really? You haven't got to do anything with it. To a greater or lesser extent, the oven's doing the work there. Yeah. And then you yeah. put the vegetables in a saucepan with boiling water mm. and they'll take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you put the the, the shop or Yorkshire puddings in the oven for a couple yeah. of minutes. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. sorting themselves out. You're actually preparing stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't, he's done the hard yards. I appreciate the, the effort, but it's not like, okay. you know, I would expect Kel to come home from work and peel a load of vegetables and then mince a load of meat and then make mashed That's potatoes. What I was and, I was no, 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 no. I mean, I could do that. I've got plenty of time, but I don't. <laughs> no, th- what, what I was going to then point out was all those things you've just said could lead to a roast dinner. Well, the other day... Right. The other day I said, I said, we sat down. She made a lovely dinner. Warmed, warmed it. Uh, oh, she warmed a lovely dinner. And I said to her, listen, next week when things get a bit less hectic, so I will you know, cook for the family and that. Mm. And she, she tried to stifle a laugh, and Spiggled. her and Ben just exchanged a glance over the table. Good I said, what? I said, what? She I said, mean, nothing. I said, nothing. tell what, what? Listen, I'm podcasting three hours a week here. <laughs> <laughs> for you to put food on my table. I'm very appreciative of it. Yeah, but so I'm eating well at the moment, mate. I am eating well. That is, that is great. That's very good. That's fine. I just yeah. hope Kelly doesn't listen to this and have yeah. this Damascene moment where she thinks, oh, my God. He could be making me food well, every night. <laughs> I've got a bad deal. When it comes to the lottery of life, she's done pretty well. I'm like those boy bands used to perform to stadiums and oh, <laughs> make on. 100 good a week. I'm an enabler. I do everything with that woman, and she knows it as well, and I'm glad, I'm glad of it. <laughs> she's, she's not saying this stuff Ellis is. <laughs> You're angry yeah. at Ellis, not Kelly. So it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Kelly's yeah. on the 911 deal. <laughs> I do everything in the house. Not everything in the house. That's, that's <laughs> I've gone big early. I need to backtrack a bit from that. I do some things in Take it back to about 50% max. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, all right, then. Let's have a think. Okay. Let's roll yeah, the let's. That's. She would say she does most of the hoovering. I would say I do most of the hoovering, but it's that, that's a. So 50, probably 50% 50 of the hoovering. Yeah. yeah. I do most of the dishwasher stuff and, and most of the kitchen stuff. And that's a fact. She, she can deny that if she wants, but she's wrong. Surely the dishwasher does most of the dishwasher stuff. Well, you've already done the dishwasher stuff. Yeah. Well done. That's yeah. Done. But also, I clean the kitchen all the time, right? Okay, cool. Any of the shit jobs need doing, drains unblocked. Yeah, plugs done, all that, that sort yeah. of shit. This is a classic meal. So that's rare. It doesn't matter how often it is. The fact is, I've always done it, right? <laughs> yeah. So okay. that's one one horrible job every two years. Anything around the house? Yes. If I'm not doing it, I'm organising it. So, <laughs> painting, it, decorating, gardening, tree stuff, wall stuff, electricity, tree stuff. <laughs> gas, electric, 
Writing water. poetry is not hard work. <laughs> Tree stuff. I roughly know what you mean. Kelly wakes up <laughs> early. Yeah, to get she to goes to job. She goes to work early. Someone manages to look great, even though she gets up that time in the morning. Fair play to her, right? Yeah, fair play. Works hard, 50, yeah. 60 hours a week, and plus yeah. all the stuff when she comes home. Yeah. But that she loves she loves teaching. That's her thing. It's probably not more than 60 hours. Outside of that, and obviously she gets the kids' uniforms ready and she does the food and all that. <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I'm sounding bad honest, here. I don't think there's anything else to do. <laughs> I can leave that there now. <laughs> Just want to say thanks to Kelly for doing everything. <laughs> In the summer, I will be there when she when she lights the barbecue and I will eat the sausages and I will eat the burgers. I sometimes bring them from the fridge. Mate, who rakes the fucking leaves up? Who cuts the grass? I don't know. Just leave the leaves. You leave them, leave them to mulch. Leave them. Who does the gardening? Me. <laughs> I, I can't leave them. I'll tell you why, because Cardiff Council has surpassed themselves after last year's debacle. Have they started picking them up? No, this year. They didn't collect them in July or August. Yeah. Because of industrial action. Or September. Good. No, no, they're not going to make up those three lost months. They just, they just said, oh, we'll do it again in March now. In March. Oh, that's all right then. We're going to come and get your leaves in March. So last time they collected anything was June. Just leave. It's only leaves. Leave them. Huh. Stick them on the road. You fucking mad. You can't just leave leaves. I've never raked a leaf in my life. I've never raked a leaf in my life. Do you see how many leaves i got in my garden? Yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's part of nature's cycle, Mike. <laughs> Patio it over, you maniac. <laughs> get some astroturf. Come on. What's wrong with you? Chop down the trees, get some astro. I've made my own compost bin now. I'm quite chuffing myself. I've never even owned a rake. No. I've got two rakes. I've seen them sold. I've heard of them. Yeah. I've heard of them. I've got, I got a grass rake and i got a brass rake. you got a what? A grass and like a what? A, like a brass rake that like breaking soil up. Okay. And i got a grass sleeve, like a yeah, you know, plastic I've, grass rake. I've obviously, I've, I've laughed at their inclusion in uh, 1950s and 60s British comedy films. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, never owned yeah. a rake. You don't see a lot of those rakes anymore with the, you don't, with the vicious right angle no. on the end. No. no. The bit where groundskeeper Willie is caught between four yes. of them and just walks back. Hilarious. It's one of my favourite things, but I don't have one. Yeah. It's like two blokes randomly taking a pane of glass across a pavement. Yeah. Great stuff. I saw someone do that the other day. I could Did you for real? Good for real. <laughs> and I was so excited. <laughs> there wasn't a bloke dressed as a traffic warden nearby with a small hand. No, I'm a grafter. I'm a grafter. We're, we're, a grafter. we're both grafters. This is a bottom line. Okay. The bottom line is she works hard, I work hard. Yeah, we both work hard in different ways. Right, so if Kelly's hung up the phone, we can start round one. Just like to say I love my wife before we go any further. <laughs> You'll have already said it to her on the phone, mate. Yeah. She won't have got through that entire intro section without her. I know. I know. <laughs> It'll be on in the background. Yeah. Uh, right, who wants to go first for round number one this week? Well, I'm going to start with a uh, a positive story. This is young Kian Ashford, uh, Welsh international, reliving his first goal for Wales. Yeah, I was just dropping, I saw it, and I just thought, just, just get on target. And luckily, it went in. Yeah, what a moment, honestly. Unbelievable. Never had a feeling quite like that in my footballing career. So, there we go. Now, when times are 
difficult with a Welsh national team. You're constantly looking for hope mm. elsewhere. And our fortunes have made this massive turnaround over the last few days or so. We're recording this a couple of days after the Wales-Croatia game, the senior team now, which uh, has left us in a decent position. If we beat Armenia and Turkey, we've qualified. But after a dreadful summer, when I thought that we'd messed it up and it was going to be the playoffs and the playoff route this year looks difficult... You're looking for positives. You're thinking, obviously, of the future. And the 21s are doing really well. They're top of the group for the next Euros. They haven't lost in three games. All three games have been away. And this was uh, Kian Ashford, who's from the Ronda, who plays for Cardiff City. He scored an absolutely cracking goal against Czechia, the Czech Republic, in the dying moments of the game as well. It's this brilliant volley. What I like about it is because, you know, for years and years and years, people like Arsene Wenger would say things like, oh, I haven't seen it. Or, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm not aware of it. It looked bad from where I was standing, but I haven't seen it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, journalists and presenters can just hand someone a phone and go, there you go, what do you think of that? Have a look at that. And he's, I don't actually know how, how old Kian is, but he's, he's a young boy at the start of his career. He scored a great volley for his country. And you're watching him see it for the first time since it left his boot. Mm. And I just think this is, this is really nice. And obviously, with the 21s, if you look at successful youth or age group teams over the years, it is it is horrible how few of them make it, actually. So this is a good this is a good Wales under-21s team, and we haven't had very many of them because usually if you're a good 21s player, you get fast-tracked to the first team. So I don't know how many of these players are going to have careers as professionals or at what level they will have careers as professionals. But at the moment, it's going well. And I just think this is a really, really nice clip. When you can see clips like that, like... So I really I regret about my playing sport as a young man and as a kid because there wasn't phones and, the, and, the, and the, yeah 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 there's a few clips of me doing stuff but not much when you see that all the time that'll also burn into your memory so he, he'll he'll remember what that felt like because it that that has been reinforced in his memory from right now yes yes well you can score a goal thirty years ago that was never filmed and you've not mm. not only you've forgotten what it felt like. You've, you've just forgotten the goal. There's two things on this. I remember, I remember, remember Pat Nevin, he scored that incredible goal in the final of, I think it's like the yes, 1982 under 18s Euros. Yes. And it's a great goal where he dribbles past a load of players in classic Pat Nevin style, like he used mm. to do for Everton and Chelsea in Scotland. But he hadn't seen it, neither had any of the squad. And they used to meet up and they used to talk about this incredible goal where he's just jinking and skipping past players in the 18-yard box. And then somebody somewhere found it and they got to watch it again. And it was as good as they remembered. Mm. That's only because they've been meeting up and talking about it because it's this great Scottish footballing triumph. Um, On a more serious note, I interviewed Lem Sisse, the poet, and he spent his entire childhood and teenage years in care. Okay. And so no one was taking photographs. Mm. And, he had, oh, okay. and because he was moving from one place to the next, yeah, he never had anyone, never, no friends, and and um, from, from, or people from his childhood and teen years to reinforce memories. So he just barely yeah, remembers yeah. anything. You wouldn't, would you? He kind of remembers oh. how he felt a little bit, Cause, but cause if there's there's so little evidence of his mm. childhood and teen years, he actually can't put those pieces of the jigsaw together. And it's a, it's a re, it was a really interesting conversation about memory. Yeah, because unless you're reinforcing stuff all the time, like so, when you meet friends of yours from school that you you know you you were with 40, 50 years ago, whatever, right? They'll remember things that they've talked about since then that you haven't talked about, so you haven't remembered. 
So people tell yes. me about things I did. Do you remember that time when you did this? I go, I don't. No. You know? Yeah. But it's vivid to them. What's really weird is when their memory of you doesn't fit in with the narrative of you at that age that you have created. Yes, that's true. So I saw someone over the summer who I used to see all the time as a child in my teen years, and she remembered stuff that I didn't remember, and it kind of created a different story to the mm. one I tell myself. And it was quite, yeah, it was quite weird. But also you can, if you haven't, if there's been a long interim, if you showed him that clip in 50, 40 years time, and he hadn't seen it in the, in the intervening 40 years, you wouldn't remember yeah. it. You'd be, you'd be watching it and thinking, oh, look at that, that's cracking. I can't believe that was me. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't remember what that felt yeah. like. Do you not think? I don't think so. Like, I've seen clips of people will send me photographs of rugby games or little clips of things from years and years ago. And it's lovely to see it, yeah. but I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Killian with the kids kicking a ball around a rugby ground. And I remembered scoring a try there against Killian School in a sevens tournament. Mm. And just what was around you, I could sort of viscerally remember it. Had you remembered it before, though? Or you hadn't thought of it from that day to that? I hadn't thought of it. Yeah, I hadn't thought mm. of it since. And it just kind of came back to me sort of in the area. You're like, shit, I scored here. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Because you get things are sticking in your mind. You don't know. You don't know why that. But why would that particular thing stick? I can yeah. vividly remember the first time I got handed off, and I was in the firework fiesta, Romley Park. You know, Romley Park. It was under sort of shitty little shitty little Romley lights. No, Romley yeah. Park Barry. We played against yeah. Saint Barrack. It was the Welsh team, and I was like nine years of age. My first ever game of rugby, and I went to go and tackle a kid, and he handed me off in the face. And I didn't know what was going on. I ended up on my ass, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it yeah. feels like they're cheating. Yeah, that's just burned. My, it would be now, but it wasn't then. <laughs> Different yeah. time, isn't it? But that was just stuck in my memory, burnt in there. Weird, little things. Yeah. And daft things, like throw, throw away stuff that you think, why the fuck do I remember that for? It's like when, as a little kid, you meet like harder kids or rougher kids, and you think, oh dear, <laughs> this is... What do I do now? I'm, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone now. <laughs> oh God! It's always weird, like when you lose, like when I lost mum. The little things that don't seem important at all at the time are the things you can remember, and you can rack your brains to remember other stuff, and it doesn't doesn't get in there. Mm. A particular smile or a particular something that you'll remember—it's really odd. Just for that young generation growing now that are having those memories reinforced all the time. That's such a lovely thing yes. to happen. Well, your boy, uh, Mike. Yeah. Scores loads of brilliant tries all the time because he's a great player. Yeah. And they're all on your phone. Yeah, a lot of them are. Not not all of them, but yeah. Yeah. No, but there's enough. You yeah. Know, you could... I've got his first try with Cardiff Schools like when he was nine. You know, I've got that, like little things. Oh, man. That's cool. Yeah. That is yeah. cool. The other thing is I think our attitudes to this clip are different to Kian's because we are old and our sporting careers are behind us. He is 19. He is on the books of Cardiff City. So, as a 42-year-old, soon to be 43-year-old, I am thinking he'll always have that. Yeah, they think he'll, he'll, he's, 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 he's scored a goal for his country and it's a great goal. It's so yeah. throwaway to them. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And it's an important goal in a Euros qualifier. 
But that should be throwaway to him as well. Yeah, of course it should. But 100%. also, for him, he's thinking about the next thing. Because he's been at Cardiff City since he was six. Yeah, he doesn't want his career to be defined by a goal he scored against the Czech Republic. He's not looking back fondly on scoring a goal for Wales. He wants to score one next week. He's yeah. also not looking back fondly, like probably his parents are, to his first goal for the under-sevens at Cardiff. Because, oh, fuck it, they score for Cardiff City when he's seven. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And then he's there next year and next year and next year and then he signs professional terms. Or you show kids, like, a Facebook memory will pop up from five years ago right six years ago yeah kids i go hey ellie ellie look at this she go oh uh, you know great <laughs> yeah nothing yeah. But it's like you with a high-pitched voice and you're smaller yeah, look at this though yeah do you remember your last day in primary school yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah last yeah. year remember it's fine yeah it's broadly fine dad <laughs> they don't give a fuck and they shouldn't give a fuck either no they shouldn't no i agree this like this lad shouldn't give this a third thought because he should be worried about the next game yeah, yeah, or yeah. his aspirations are higher than that and they're playing for Wales and scoring a goal for the full Wales yeah. team and then getting 50 caps. Yeah, and the next game for this for this 21s campaign for yeah. the next under-21s Euros, hmm. it's, it's Iceland at home. So the it first game uh, was Denmark. Great result out in Denmark. Drew two all with them. They're a really good side. Beat Lithuania 3-2. I was at that game in Yonava. We can't not mention the Croatia game. That Steph was at, and which, oh yeah, you know, talking mm. about obviously this is a, he's he's on a twenty ones. We're looking at looking at the senior team. When you're taking those big iconic Wales players out of that team now, yeah, for them to score two cracking, the first goal especially was an absolute cracker. Yes, against a team that's ranked sixth in I the missed world. It. Yeah, you were there. That has the best midfield in the world, probably. Must have been amazing, Steph. Still on the concourse, missed the first goal. Yeah, I missed the first goal as well. <laughs> I didn't realize they'd be you didn't miss the first goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah, dickhead. Yeah. Yeah, it was the forty. I, I didn't realise the game had restarted. I was, I was having a pint. I didn't realise we restarted. I thought they were replaying stuff on the screen from the first half, and then the control on him, that chest. You know, is he as small as he looks? Yeah, he's five foot eight, Harry. Mm. Yeah, is he? And he's yeah. slight. Yeah. Oh, what a feeling, man! But well. to do it without Bear and Ramsey, that's what I mean. And Alan. Yeah. The last time we won a World Cup or Euro qualifying game without Bale or Ramsey on the pitch was in 2005. Well, there you go. <laughs> Gets that now, it's a realistic chance now. Mm. You know, no, it is though. We don't fucking say it. I think the Turkey game will be, will be, you know. They have qualified bum, though. A bit squeaky bum, but. Which I think helps yeah. us. Yes. Do because yeah, I think do. qualified teams run out. Well, I'm, I hope this is true. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but you, you hope that having done the job, they don't approach this game in the... But also if you're under-21s players now, or, or age group Wales players, you're buzzing because you, you're going into a... You know, you've got realistic chances of going to big tournaments. Yes. Yeah. Must have been, a, for like 20 or 30 years, must have been, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Playing the under-18s, why? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I, I, 100%. And, you know, you, you, you look at what Scotland are doing at the moment as well, and you kind of mm. go, they, they've got their sort of, they're almost peaking with their generation at the moment. Yeah. And they've got it dropping down as well. So they've got about 10 years of good stuff ahead. Which, and it's brilliant when that happens. So I heard somebody on the radio talking about like how Wales had this sort of period where they were good. I got really annoyed. And then I thought, oh, fuck, no, he's right. And then we won. And I was like, oh, maybe he's not right. Maybe, yeah. maybe it hasn't gone. The Welsh under-21s didn't exist for six and a half years in the 1980s because the FAW couldn't afford to have a 20 wins team. Amazing. And obviously that has a massive knock-on effect on the senior team down the line. Yeah. The Scot the Scotland 
age group teams have always been quite good, from mm. what I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do 21. But the Wales, the Wales under 17s got to the Euros in May, which is just brilliant for them. Yeah. Oh, look, we've done well Victory Shield the last sort of few tournaments, you know, shared wins and wins. So there is that group of players coming through. It's just getting them that full international experience. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Croatia. You know, young Jordan James, who doesn't even get a game for Birmingham City, looking completely at home playing against Luka Modric. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Right, my clip for this round is from Brian's Gun, which is a regular contributor to our podcast. This actually came up in conversation while we were stood watching the Croatia game because Danny Ward, during the final few minutes, was falling on the ball, running backwards to make the ball go as far into his area as he could and then landing on it to time waste. Loved Um, it, loved it, loved it. And we were thinking of things that goalkeepers used to do because there was, used to be a three-step rule. And then yeah, this yeah. video appeared on my timeline, basically showing 1970s and 80s goalkeepers doing things that now look absolutely bizarre. Playing the game the way it should be played. Great stuff. I, I love because now there are different rules around, obviously, you know, the back pass kind of comes up a lot, but this three-step rule. I don't even know what they are now. Is it just a, because I remember the six-second rule. I remember the step rule. I remember yeah, the yeah, six-step yeah. rule. I remember Four the, steps as well. So there's a timing rule, but also you can't roll it and then pick it up and then move now as a goalkeeper okay. so you can't do what happens in this which is walk two steps roll it pick it up walk two more steps roll it pick it up Peter Shilton's attempt to keep you up at the end well I was gonna I was gonna say that are glorious me. I've never seen he is shit at keep up I, don't <laughs> don't get me wrong I'm bad at keep ups right yes I'm better same. than Peter Shilton <laughs> I can do two I'm better than a, than an England international at doing keep ups it's He's so fucking good. hopeless because he's trying not to pick the ball. And the end, he just gives up and bends over yeah, and picks yeah. it up. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, because it's in my imagination then, he's signed, he's at the Bernabeu, and he's just signed yeah. oh, Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put him on the centre spot to do keepy-ups to show off the signing, and he's doing this. You imagine bringing him out, yeah. Bringing him out. <laughs> life is life. La, 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 la. <laughs> Fucking bollocks. <laughs> Shit. Maradona's fault. <laughs> Things that you can't explain to your kids when they're watching sports is so amazing. Imagine Maradona, who he hates with a passion anyway, right? <laughs> Going out in the middle of the Maracana doing like, uh, doing keep-ups to live his mm. life. And then they bring Shilton out to do his fucking attempt He doesn't do two. He tries to flick the ball up initially Off and the floor. can't do that. It's so great. Funny. It just rolls further forwards rather than up. He looks like he's got false legs. He looks like he's got like artificial legs. <laughs> They're completely stiff. There's no, there's no give in his legs at all, is there? It's like fucking Douglas Bader doing keepers. <laughs> Good reference. 
Nicholas Bader, or Douglas Bader. I used to read about him all the time as a kid. You never hear about him anymore. You don't do. dead, to be fair. Yeah. (laughs) He was dead then. He wasn't dead then. Yeah, he died in the 80s, I think, or maybe in the early 90s. What a story. Did you hear about Bader? Kind of, but only through you. Well, he escaped. He escaped three times from prisoner of war. Yeah, nineteen eighty-two. He died. I was definitely reading about him after he after he died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he he joined the RAF in nineteen twenty-eight. Commissioned in nineteen thirty. December thirty-one. While attempting some aerobatics, he crashed and lost both his legs. Yeah. Right. Having been on the brink of death, he recovered, retook flight training, passed his check flights, and then requested reactivation as a pilot. You're a maniac. Yeah. Well, they there were no regulations down. available to a, uh, applicable to his situation, so he was retired against his will on medical grounds. So, okay. After the outbreak of the Second World War in '39, he returned to the RAF and was accepted as a pilot. Scored his yes. first victories over Dunkirk during the Battle of France in 1940. Then took part in the Battle of Britain. He bailed out over German-occupied France in August yeah. 1941 and was captured. Despite his disability, he made a number of escape attempts. But they don't tell you that when he bailed out, one of his legs was damaged. One of his one of his artificial legs got damaged. Yes. So the Germans couldn't believe they well, they took him prisoner of war. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. Right. So they let the RAF. I think I told you on this before. They let the RAF fly him a new leg in. <laughs> they said, "Okay, we'll give you this this sort of channel yeah. of, of of airspace to come in, drop Douglas Bader's new leg off, and then right. fly back to England unmolested." Right. Are you so th- going to use your new leg <laughs> to try and escape? No, no, no. Nope. So the RAF fly a new leg in for him, right? Yeah. Drop it off. Yes. Turn round and then basically strafe and bomb the runway and then and then fuck off back to England. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's nice. But then he got. But, but he escaped three times. So they put him in coldness in the end. It was thought that his success as a fighter pilot was partly because of his having no legs, because pilots pull in high Gs. Yeah. Used to black out because the fl- bl- flow of oh, blood from okay. the brain drained to lower parts of the body. There were no pressure suits then. But as he had no legs, he could remain conscious for longer, and so he had an advantage over opponents with legs. Yeah, so you could pull tighter curves and stuff. If I, if I, if I'd lost both my legs in yes. an accident, yes, and had been taken captive by the Germans, yes, I would not be trying to escape. No, no, I would be. You better keep up some Peter Shilton. Yeah, chilling. <laughs> I would be chilling for the rest chilling. of the war. The first time he got picked up. By the fence, essentially. Yeah. He'd gone out with, like, blankets and got as far as the barbed wire, then got re-arrested, put back in. Yeah. The second time he got out, got over the fence, got as far as the Belgian border or something. Okay. And he got picked up again by a checkpoint and taken back. Yes. Then he tried again. I said, I was listening to a fellow talking before one of the RAF officers. They put the officers in cold it. But the Luftwaffe loved him so much and thought he was such a nutcase and we were in such awe of him. Hmm. That they said whenever he tried to escape from now on, they wouldn't punish him. They'd punish somebody else. So the bloke there had said, we had to say to him, Douglas, for God's sake, you know, please stop trying to escape. Because they're, <laughs> they're hitting me. Chill out, Douglas. They're taking it out on us. <laughs> Chill out, Doug. It's a mad film. What was that film for years? What's it called? Reach for the Sky. Reach for the Sky. Yeah, Kenneth Moore. That's the one. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well worth a watch. Okay. Well worth a watch. I'm happy to believe you. <laughs> uh, Just very briefly going back to the goalkeeping. No, that's not. <laughs> Go it's on. such a weird it's such a weird thing to be. A goalkeeper. If you're playing ice hockey, for instance, right? Yes. You have to be able to ice skate. Yes. Otherwise you just it wouldn't work. Yeah. If you're playing field hockey, 
Yeah. You have to be fairly handy with a stick. So there's the fundamentals of the game you have to be able to do, right? At a decent level. Yeah. If you were playing goalkeeper in the days of the back pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have to have any footballing skills whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, different sport. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's not the same now, but yeah, absolutely at the time. Incredible, really. A dead ball kick, like a goal kick. Yeah. And a drop kick. The catch and using your hands, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. You had no need for footwork. When did you, you never you never dribbled, you never played out from defence, you never sort of acted act as like a sweeper, you just picked the ball up, hoofed it. Yeah. Rolled it a bit, hoofed it. Well, it was seen as the back pass rule when it was introduced in ninety two was seen as humiliating hmm. and unfair. And our ex-goalkeepers were like, you're taking the piss, you're going to discredit us. You're picking on us. Yeah. And ironically, they're in goals, they got picked out of the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Get in goals, shut up. When did they start wearing gloves then? Because a lot of these clips... 70s? Sort of 80s. wearing gloves, are they? I think by the 80s, they're all wearing gloves. In the 70s, right. it's half and half. Okay. And amazing that you would not bother. Well, you see sort of pictures from, you know, the 40s and, you know, the 50s where they're wearing like... What looked like leather driving gloves, yeah, yeah, or sort of woolen old-fashioned, yeah, old-fashioned woolen gardening gloves, yeah, yeah. And you sh- Jennings what? didn't wear gloves, but why wouldn't you? Feel, I suppose, isn't it? I suppose. Same reason you don't wear, you know, receivers even in the freezing cold weather don't wear tend not to wear gloves in. Yeah, yeah, well, they do now because the gloves have changed and actually, yes, there's, there's grip. more grip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's talking, talking to Glenn Weather? When he started wearing gloves to play for Wales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they banned those gloves then. Do they? Yeah, because they were, they give you an unfair advantage. There was like a, there was like an extra, they were sort of extra grippy. Or warmth. <laughs> yeah. They give yeah. the unfair advantage of being warmer. Yeah, good old Schultz. Eh? <laughs> just wants his country back, to be fair to him. Fair play to the lad. You know, he just wants to roll a ball a little bit and get his country back. Oh, by the way, I'm not, we're not getting political about anything, right? Because it's not, not our time and place. After I said that with James Cracknell the other day, talk about the curse of bloody distant part. Go on. I was waxing lyrical about what a great bloke James Cracknell was. Right, okay. And I think that week he stood as the uh, the Tory party candidate for wherever he's from. Oh, did he? Yeah. Ah, oh, so fair play to him. He can be a good bloke and be a you can member of the Tory party. You can. I suppose you, you don't can. have to agree with his politics. Josh Brandreth. Josh Brandreth. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks broadly like a laugh. I did Sunday brunch with him once. Did you a laugh? Yeah. He was a nice bloke to me. I got to see on the whole. Yeah. And this is going to get me in a world of shit now. Okay, don't say that. Because I'm slightly left of centre in my political leanings. Okay. But i got to say, the average Tory politician yeah. does seem like good company compared to like... An amazing sentence. Uh, you know what I mean? I, but I'd love to have a train ride with Michael Portillo. It'd be great. Yeah, he's not He's not current MP. No. No, not current MPs. But oh, no. Hang, hanging out on a sofa with George Brandreth. The good ones from the past. <laughs> Got it for a pint with William Hague. A pint or ten. Ten pints with William. Yeah, I, I could have a conversation with William Haig. I don't think I could. I, w- I wouldn't be bending over backwards going for a pint with Lee Anderson. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> or Andrew R.T. Davies. Oh, what a twat. Do you imagine, imagine being Lee Anderson? Imagine being... I wonder if he's so thick, he doesn't know that his own people despise him. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. It'd be great, wouldn't it? They love me, these lot. They hate you, mate. They can't stand you. Yeah, yeah, they hate you more than everyone. I'm one of them. No, you're not, and you never will be. (laughs) Oh, funny. No, it's just saying. Al works for the BBC and we're completely apolitical. I'm just saying. And so do you. There are good eggs and bad eggs on on all sides of the divide. There there are. Yeah, there there are eggs everywhere. Some good, some bad. Yeah, it's like when you buy some poached. Yeah, some fried. Yeah. Some scrambled. Some, some scram- 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 a lot of scrambled. <laughs> a lot of scrambled eggs in that. Yeah. 
Right, your clip for round one, Mike. Talking about overcoming adversity. Go on then. Specifically overcoming adversity, not having any legs. I mean, that's, although when I picked this clip, I wasn't thinking that Peter Shilton would lead into Douglas Bader is the thing. No, no, I, I don't think that you've set this up as a, <laughs> as a, as a strong link into your clip. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the segue I was imagining. This is a deeply, deeply impressive bloke. A uh, 26-year-old fellow from the States called Zion Clark. Mm. Yeah, this is him breaking a world record for running uh, 20 metres on his hands. I study the best guys in the world, and I compete against the best guys in the world. And now I'm going to beat the best guys in the world, and that's just how I see it. I posted a video on my Instagram, and I was running real fast. Like, I did about 20, 20, 25 yards in only, like, three, four seconds. And they were just like, wow. And they were like, you think you could set a record? And I was like, sure, if you want to want me to try it. So I was born with caudal regression syndrome. It's a very rare disease. I always work with what I got because I don't really have any other cards that are dealt to me. A lot of people say foster mother. I'm not a big fan of that because she is my mother. The foster care system reached out to my mom, said that we've exhausted all our options and that could you take in this, take in this boy? And then man, about seven months later, question, the conversation came up about me being adopted and a week after that I was just like yeah this is it this is what I want and five years later and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me well I did get bullied when I was a kid I got shoved in a locker I um, have been beat up or I was just like you know what I'm not gonna be weak anymore and then I just put in the work as much as I could every day I was going to two or three wrestling practices a day for seven days a week and by the time my senior year of high school came around, I became one of the best guys in the state. And then soon after that, I became one of the best guys in the country. I'm really willing to put it all on the line to achieve my top goal of being the best wrestler, being the best track athlete. It's usually not the first choice for most people, giving it's the world's most dangerous and oldest sport. And I just thought it looked fun. He did America's Got Talent as well. So I found a clip of him doing that, which is also on the on the where he does some insane stuff, like an obstacle course on his hands. Yeah. Then climbs up like a 25-foot-high cage, goes along the top of the cage, jumps onto a, a drum stool and starts Bloody drumming. Like a, yeah. I've only just started watching this. Playing the drums. I'm thinking, how is he doing the bass? He's doing the bass by rocking the stool, whose one of the legs of the stool is on the bass pedal. So he's rocking the stool and playing the drums at the same I mean, he's just, he's an amazing fella. Have you seen him doing, um, because he, he does a bit of MMA fighting as well. So he used to be a wrestler. He wrestles the MMA, yeah, yeah. So he's fighting against a guy who's got two fully functional legs. Obviously, it looks quite strange to start with. Yeah. the height disparity. Yeah. But then he gets him to the ground by whipping his legs from under him. Yeah. And he's on top of him and so the, wrestles him. So the condition he's born with, you basically don't have any legs. Well, it can it can vary, apparently. I was going to say, degrees. I some people will just have problem walking. They may have they may have some sort of incontinence uh, issues as well. Yeah. But some like Zion, you literally you don't develop any any legs at all. So yeah, you need you need to watch this clip because your mind will play tricks on you when he's when he's on the the sort of running track in a t shirt. Yes, and this is please don't think this is not meant to sound. This is not meant to make light of it. He oh. looks like he's being buried in the sand. You you can't yes. believe there's that yeah. little of yeah. a body. Yeah, that's available. So look. Right below the sort of navel, it just stops. Yes. But he is built, like his, his upper body oh. is 
Incredible yeah. shape on him. Yes. Incredible shape. Good-looking kid, incredible shape on him. When you watch him run on his hands, it doesn't look real. It looks like it's no. CGI. Yes. And it's so fast. <laughs> mad, isn't it? But his attitudes, I, I was reading a bit about him as well after this clip, so that's why I found the America's Got Talent clip. Yeah. So he's in the foster care system as a young kid and then ends up getting fostered by a, a woman who adopts him then and right. becomes his adopted mother. But he's got such a positive attitude about everything. Mm. I thought, fuck it, mate. You've had some, you've had some shit cars dealt with you. You know, you're in the foster system. You, you're you're extremely disabled. Well, I say disabled. He's got no legs. Yes. What he can do with no legs is a lot more than I can do with legs. Well, he can. He, all of these things I couldn't do. No. The musical side of it, no yeah. chance. The MMA side of it, no chance. The wrestling, the sprinting. But his attitude, like, it, it, Christ, is, he's so positive. What a positive mm. bloke. Young lad, like I said, 26 years of age. He talks about being bullied. As he, I don't know who the fuck's bullying someone like that. You must have yeah, there's a, serious I, issues. I read an interview with him where he was beaten up at school. Who oh, on fucking earth oh, is doing that? I, I was honestly, it took my breath away, that idea, that you would just, that you would bully someone. Yeah. They fucking wouldn't do it now. No yeah. fucking hell. Well, I mean, he's, he's built like Superman. I'm watching that. I was watching bench press and stuff. You're watching bench and stuff. Well, yeah. He's got his top off in the uh, America's Got Talent video. And fucking hell. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah. is ripped. He looks like he plays, he looks like he's in the NFL or something. He does. He looks yeah. like a sort of wide receiver running back. Yeah. Upper body on him. It's amazing. Do you know how far a, he got in America's Got Talent? Because I'm, I'm... He got the last could, four, I think. I was going to say, how could you not win? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the last four. How was he doing the kick drum? If you look at it, the stool he sat on has got the leg over the bass pedal. He's rocking back and forth on the stool. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking mad. And do you know what this is? When I, when I was going through the clips, so I, as usual, ballsed up my uh, my schedule for the week. Good. Well done. So, so yesterday, I was thinking we weren't doing this today. We're doing something tomorrow. And well, uh, does Kelly not do your diary for you, Mike? Yeah. No. Well, we, well, we do mostly dishwasher stuff today, yeah? <laughs> Fuse is too lazy, cow. A washing machine and dishwasher down today. <laughs> nightmare. I'll phone some people, reschedule. I was thinking, Jesus Christ, like, and we got to do some catch-ups from last week. I thought, God, that's a lot. And a, and a Hoffy Pod. And I, I was thinking, God, i got to do two podcasts and a, and a pick-up from that one. And we got to do Hoffy Pod. And then I clicked on this clip and went, fuck off, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine thinking you got, you know, overcome some obstacles and you see this fellow, they go, yeah. You've made two phone I, calls. I'll just do the extra hour, it's fine. <laughs> I'll just do the extra hour, sat on my ass, talking to my mates on the microphone. Just <laughs> an inspirational fucking, what a bloke, man. Just beyond that, though. It's beyond inspirational. It's, it's also creative. You can't believe what you're seeing. I think that's the, that's the bit for me is... You see a lot of people who've had adversity and they drive into one thing and that's the thing that pulls them through. And it's amazing mm. that they've done that and that they can do that. This guy is just one of those, is the word polymath? Is yeah, word yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. he's just able to drive himself into multiple things because mm. running that fast on your arms is enough. Just getting through the care system yes, yes, I agree, yeah. is enough. When you've yeah. had all these things stacked against you, just if he had a, no- a normal job that he turned up to every day, did that, and that was his life, I would go fucking off. Fair play, mate. That's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. to do the one thing of running on your hands, that's enough. You've done that. That's cool. Brilliant. Well done. Yeah, yeah. To then become a wrestler, there's a documentary that we'll have to watch 
and one of us will have to choose called Zion about him that's mm. on Netflix that is about his wrestling career. So, you know, high school wrestler and all that stuff, which is a huge thing in America. Yeah, yeah. Massive. The ability to do that when you haven't got legs and get the pins, I know that a lot of it is upper body strength, but if that's your only option, man, don't it? Just... then it does change the dynamic of what you're doing an awful lot. Then to have the musical side of you and think of it in such an innovative way that this yeah. video is... It's the problem solving I find amazing. Exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? He is a problem solver. He doesn't think I can't play bass drum. He thinks, how can I play the bass drum? He doesn't think I can't sprint. He thinks, how no. do I sprint then? I've got two yeah. arms, I'll do that. What's the world record for yeah. that? I'll do that. And he takes the piss out of himself for losing balance on one of the runs as well. He dips under the... Yeah, he dips the under, the, the, uh, under the beam. i got to say, poor form on your, on your mates, mate, whoever, whoever's doing your timing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. L lower it down, lads. Uh, yeah, lads, lads, you put it the same height. I'm three foot tall. How have I gone under the beam? Yeah, this is this is kind of on you, I'll be honest. Have we not set the beam lower than... <laughs> set the beam lower? Yeah, this isn't hard, guys. <laughs> look at me, look at the beam. He's eight stone and three foot tall. So, we, you know, eight stone. He's eight stone from the belly button up. Yes. And there's no fat on it. No. Which tells you how muscular he is. Yes. Because you think all your weights in your arse and your legs, really. But I'd like to see him do weights just as an inspiration. Because I, I, you know, I like to see people do weights anyway. I saw him doing bench press. Oh, really good. And it was, it's just, yeah. The bit that pressed me, I used to train with a fellow called Mark who was a really good bench presser, but he was in a wheelchair, Mark. Okay. When I was at uh, Uwick. Yeah. Because they were one of the first gyms when I was at, now Cardiff Met, Uwick, that had an adaptive weight room. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of the Paralympians who train up here. So Mark had come down from Ponty. He'd wheel down from Ponty. Fucking right? hell, fair play. Fucking mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's 15 miles, remember it's 10 miles. Brilliant. And we used to meet up there and do a bit of training. So he would have to strap himself onto the bench. Yeah. He had legs, but there was no sensation on his legs. Okay. So from the waist down, there was nothing, you know. So he'd strap himself in and then do bench press. Yeah. More than I used to bench press. Yes. But, but, but Zion's got, no, he's not even strapped on. I don't no. know how he gets his balance. I don't know. That's the bit, isn't it? Is how he it's, in, it's incredible. Because he must have perfect balance. Yeah. Because if, if he was a tiny bit, out there, yeah. he's off the bench. Yes, that's then horrible. You've basically got a rib cage on the bench. Yes, again, zero excuses. Yeah. You have to watch it. It's, it, it. It'll blow your mind when you see it. It's like when you watch a contortionist and you can't work out where, you know, how they've bent a body or what, which way they're facing. Yes. When you see him running, it's hard to picture that as being a man's arms. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes. I, th I think all you of it is hard it. to... It's almost... It's hard to perceive what's going on, even though you can see what's going yeah. on. I can't contextualise it because I've never seen that before. And fair play to his, his well, he calls her his mum, but his adopted mum. Yeah. His mum. That's a big ask, that. Fair play to her. Do you know what I mean? That is a, that's a lot of work. He, he's, he said, like, the people that have helped him to get where he is. It's one thing to, I've, I've got lots of people, friends of mine who've adopted kids, but when you adopt kids who've got a, a disability, especially as profound as that, mm. that's a lot of work. Well, yeah. But he's paying a, a bloody hell. Talk about, Paying it all back, my God. But also not to be protective as that parent and stop them from doing stuff. Yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? Yeah. You'd want to wrap them in cotton wool. To expose them to the potential of failure. I want to go to university. Do you? Yeah. Do what? I, I, I want, want to, to run a wrestling team and... What? Yeah. Fucking hell. I want to be a wrestler. Oh, fucking hell. Right, okay. How do we make that happen? Well, it was the first day today. I let Ellie walk to school on her own. Okay. Because Ben had gone to weights early. Yeah. So they're, they're in the gym at 7am. Lovely. Matt. Lovely. Pitch black. Yeah. 
Who's he follow after? You or Kelly? <laughs> Thankfully, a bit of both. I was also up at the same time. <laughs> I will. I, I will say I didn't want him walking to school in the in the pitch black. So uh, Kelly gave him a lift. <laughs> <laughs> you got bed off before you go to school. You may as well. You're already up, love. You've been up for ages. Yeah. You're probably you're almost ready, aren't you? Yeah. Take you five minutes yeah. out. Yeah, I just remember, she, and she did him a pack lunch as well. I remember that. But um, <laughs> yeah, made him a lot of pasta. Fair play to her. Oh shit! I sometimes think that I that I get I get mis misconstrued in this podcast. <laughs> no, I think you get construed. Huh? <laughs> you can prove anything with facts. There are lies. There are damn lies. And there's statistics. Yeah, yeah. Who said that? I don't know. I can't remember now. <laughs> I can't remember. Look it up. Get Kelly to look it up. I think it was back. Churchill. Hang on a minute. What lies? Damn lies and statistics. It's a, it's a, it's this thing. Yeah. In other words, you can prove anything. Like you two can prove that I'm. Whatever, unhealthy or lazy. Yeah. Even though, you know, just using f- f- facts. Mark Twain. There are lies, there are damn lies. And, is it? Uh, who himself attributed oh, yeah. it to Benjamin Disraeli. There we go. Who might never have said it in the first place. <laughs> there we are. So Zion Clark. That is part one of your journey this week on the socially distant sports bar. Uh, part two is on Friday. So tune in for that. Cracking documentaries this month. So enjoy listening to those. We recorded a few in bulk, so I kind of know what we're doing over the course of the whole of this month. Um, just, yeah, just enjoy them. They're really, really good documentaries. I don't know how many of you actually bother to watch the docs, but I, th- I don't know. I wonder if you get more out. I think you probably do. I think if you then go and watch it, and you go, oh, yeah, cool. I get what Mike was talking about there. I think that might be some additional bits for your life. I don't know how many people go and read the books either, but why not? Elle was on the judging panel, actually, for the uh, William Hill Sports Book of the Year. So I'm assuming some of his choices over the next few weeks are going to be from that list. But hey, if you enjoy sports books, then have a look at the episode description. There will be one on there. If you want more content from us, then every Sunday there is an episode from the past, so a pint-size edition of the Social Distance Sports Bar where we edit anywhere around 10 to... sometimes 15, sometimes they're five. Just some funny bits that we found from the archive because some of you have joined us in the past year, some of you have joined us in the past week, uh, and welcome. But we'd like you to be able to find the good bits, the funny bits. Listen to the best ofs, they're quite good, but quite good, (laughs) big sell. But find the pint size editions and they are very, very cool as well. (laughs) 